Welcome to Beers and Buckets, the podcast for degenerates like us who like to watch basketball and drink beer. I'm your host, Connor Caldwell, joined by Dal Harmon. Dal, how you doing today? Good. Still in San Diego on vacation. Got to go to an Aztecs game for the first time last night, which was pretty fun. Um, also, just realizing how distracting it probably is that I do all the hand motions while you intro. Uh, so, shout out to you for not messing with the intro. <laughs> you know, it's all good. Uh, we are part of the Basketball Podcast Network, where you can find shows like this one with the latest around the NBA and NCAA. So, make sure you check that out. Um, so, top news, man. Let's talk about what we probably want to talk about the most, but we're probably going to talk about the least. Still got to talk about it. Uh, Christopher Beard, what happened, man? That whole situation seems messed up. What do you what do you think about it? It's not a good look for sure. Um, hard to comment like fully until like all the details come out. Uh, obviously, uh, there's. I mean, there. It does not happen often, but there are times where like domestic stuff can come out like this, and it turns out to be nothing. Um, or next to nothing. Like there was some, some dude for the Chiefs got suspended like four games for like locking his girlfriend's vacuum in her, his car or something. It's like very, very strange. Uh, and just because like the way the law was set up, it got escalated to a domestic thing. I don't know. It was weird. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, yeah. Long story short, it's not a good look no, uh, from good. one of the more promising head coaches in yeah and, and we were talking about this off camera too you know we pray that it was like maybe extended family maybe a brother-in-law or maybe you know, someone that can defend themselves a little bit better like the fact that he has a wife and three daughters not a good look so we're just hoping that i mean either way you don't want it to happen at all but if it's going to happen let it be something that can be a, a little bit easier to swallow as far as like you know he's not beating some girl senseless you know yeah. um so we we don't know the story so we can't judge either way but it's not a good look that they arrested and charged in the same night for what it was you know it's not like they're investigating more i mean obviously they're investigating more but the charges are still there they haven't been dropped yet so that's not great yeah. and i mean it's definitely affecting texas as a team i mean they had a struggle against rice last night uh and this is tuesday that we're recording so um, I mean, they they snuck out the win in overtime, but got to be a huge distraction for the team as well. Um, so it just sucks sucks all around for what was a really promising start to the season for the Longhorns. Yeah. Um, another thing, I mean, Texas taking hit after hit this week. Mike Leach, man, shout out to shout out to the Leach family. Prayers up for them. Um, you know, the the one eyed pirate for sure. It's gonna be missed, even though it's a football coach. Still have great respect for Mike Leach and everything there. So um, definitely sucks that that it happened. I was uh, my buddy that goes to um, Mississippi State or went to Mississippi State. He's like, hey, a nurse just told me that Mike Leach like is in a hospital. Like, it was, so it was crazy. Um, you know, the report saying that he passed, some saying that he didn't. It was all mm-hmm. weird, but um, just sad all around the situation, especially because it was so unexpected. I mean, I know he wasn't the healthiest of guys, but I mean, the fact that he wasn't even in the off season, like they still have the bowl game to play uh, here in Tampa. That sucks, man. That really does suck a lot. I mean, it's, I I don't know if this is accurate, but it's the first time a like sitting head coach has died while like kind of unexpectedly since Skip Prosser did. The yeah. former Xavier coach that was at Wake, uh, like he was Chris Ball's coach at Wake. Um, yeah, I mean that's the last time, and that was like almost twenty years ago at this point. Um, yeah, just like crazy stuff. Yeah, all, all around crazy. But we'll jump also, to the lighter side of things. Go ahead. I want one more comment on that. Can we like not do the whole? Oh, breaking! I broke this first thing when it refers to people dying. Like we don't need to scoop, try and scoop and like announce someone's death before he actually has died. Like no, that's not 
that's not that's not flex. That's not the flex that you think it is. You know, so don't do that. Yeah, no. Uh, huge respect to sidelines, Mississippi State, for being like, I'm not going to break it. That's not my news to break. I talk about the football team, not this man's life. You know. Right. Um, so shout out to him. I don't know who runs that account, but hats off. You did it the right way. And uh, yeah, still crazy sad all around. But yeah, I agree with you. Let's jump to the lighter side of things. And not so much lighter if you're a Rutgers fan, because they got absolutely robbed against Ohio State last week. Did you watch any of that or see the ending of it? Um, I did not. So you can fill me in. So there, the Rutgers hits one of two free throws. So they're up two, right? They're up two points. There's like four or five seconds left. Ohio State inbounds the ball, and it looks like Rutgers goes ahead and tries to foul them, hoping that they maybe miss. Like, I don't think it was intentional, but they definitely did a foul. Like, whether it's intentional or not, it was a blocking foul. Refs didn't call the foul, but the the guy, like, hit him out of bounds, and he definitely stepped out. I forget who, which player it was. He stepped out, but they didn't call it. And the other player that he ends up passing the ball to was out of bounds, didn't reestablish himself to be inbounds. Got the ball past him, nails a three, Ohio State wins. That's the end of the game. No, it was so bad. Both players were out of bounds. It was it was so bad to the point the Big Ten issued an apology for saying that basically like Ohio State was, you know, they were out of bounds and Rutgers should have won. Mm. Like that's when you know things are bad. You know what I mean? Um so get that fixed. But Rutgers, like, that sucks because that was on the road. You should have had a win there against a quality team. There have been two quality wins in the last, like, couple weeks. So, you know, sucks for Rutgers, but, you know, they're on the up and up. So, Did that yeah. did that affect our our picks from last week? Uh, no, we actually – well, yeah, it did. We ended, up, we ended up hitting on Ohio State. Both of us ended up hitting on Ohio State. So <laughs> then, Never mind. I didn't ask. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's talk about last week that we're on the subject. So I told you so, Dal. What did I tell you? What did I tell you? I don't know. I don't Virginia Tech to over Dayton because Dayton's doo-doo right now. I saw this clip of uh, like Dayton returning back after that COVID year in Obi Toppin, and it was like they took like a paper clip was all mangled and they put it on a stove and it turned you back know. into its form. That's what yeah. it was. Yeah. That's I don't like this. I don't like this narrative. Yeah. Also, Sailor's making her podcast appearance. Sorry. But we're just gonna keep on rolling. What did you tell us? What did you tell us, Dal? I picked Duke over Iowa. Uh last game or last week. I thought that was I thought the the front court side of Duke uh and their ability to offensive rebound and get second chance points was gonna be big. And it actually ended up being Mark Mitchell that was the star of this. I assumed Filipowski would be just because yeah. he has kind of been their probably their best player um, over the course of this early season. But yeah, Mark Mitchell had like 17 or something. Uh, and to go along with a pretty sweet Jeremy Roach game, uh, yeah, got Duke over the top against Iowa. I keep on waiting for Duke to just falter a little bit, and they haven't, even though they. Still don't I still don't love their offensive approach. They they'll still find ways to win. So um, it's it's, 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 time like it's, better learn, it's better to learn from a loss than a win kind of deal, and they're doing that, which is smart. Yeah. Um, so I mean that they're part of my humble pie, but also St. Mary's. We're moving on. So St. Mary's is, is the team that I was too too low on. And they have a top 10 defense. Look up, and they're really good defensively. And offensively, they're still finding their way, but they still have enough capable scorers that they can win games like they did against San Diego State. So um, eating a little bit of humble pie on St. Mary's, what are you, what are you taking a slice of? Um, I'm taking a slice of humble pie on Mississippi State, actually, uh, the basketball team. Um, after we've already talked about the football team. But they have a top five defense and two top 50 wins already. Um Honestly, like when I was looking up their team in their season so far, forgot that Chris Jans was the coach. Like, would not have come up with that name. <laughs> um, yeah, right. And yeah, they've looked. I mean, they've looked really great. They've really only played two teams, but they've beaten both of them. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, definitely was too low on on Mississippi State. They're looking like a tournament team this year. Yeah, they definitely do. I agree. Uh, I've got my eye on you. Teams that are struggling to play to their expectations. Who do you got your eye on? I have my eye on a team that I was incredibly high on uh, this offseason. We both were. Uh, and that's 
the Creighton Blue Jays. They have now lost five in a row after starting the season six and oh. And I just want to ask the question, why would you decide to lose five games in a row? It's yeah. not it's not not a smart decision. Why would you do that? Yeah. Um pretty dumb pretty dumb of them to decide to do that. Uh it's a bold strategy, but we get to see them play two two other good games, one of which we'll talk about later, um over the next like week. And yeah. that's exciting. As they start big East play. Yeah. I got my eye on Virginia. Um and this is not like I mean they they've won, they've won games obviously, but they, I mean, they had a close game against James Madison. Uh, it just seems like they're leveling out offensively uh, back to the mean. You know what I mean? They, I think there's, they start out really hot offensively, and they've kind of just faltered a little bit. Um, and I think that's going to happen when, um, like, I don't know how to put this without sounding like a jerk, but, like, that's going to happen when you're so one-dimensional on offense is that teams are going to make you make you try and beat them with the three and they just don't have the personnel to do that. Um, they never have had the personnel to do that. So, you know, like it's, uh, it makes sense. Like, I don't know. It's like stopping the run against a run heavy teams. Like what will make you pass, you know, like in football, it yep. ends up being that, it, you know, there ends up being a struggle there. So uh, I just think that teams are kind of figuring out the more film that they get, you know, the easier it is to figure out how to beat a team, obviously. So, yeah, um, let's go move on to what happened. And shout out to my guy James Droz, who got banned on TikTok, but was back on. Shout out uh, to James he is, Droz. He is, he's back. He was he was banned this morning. I was like, oh man, this sucks. This is the end of the world. And then yeah, he ends up he's back on. He got unbanned. So I don't know what happened, but he beat him. He beat TikTok. There you go. Um, so teams I got upset according to ten, uh, Ken Palm, uh, the top fifty teams. And there's some like this first one we'll talk about a little bit, but like. There's some that are like I'd say like if there's 15 points difference between the two, then yeah. yeah. Um, so number 18 Illinois scored 85 points, where number two Texas scored 78 points in overtime. Texas had that game won, and then they yeah. just blew it. Just like gift, it. gift wrapped, gift wrapped, and said, "Here you go, Illinois. I don't yep. want this. You can have." Yeah, it. Longhorns. What happened? And I'm sure that's the least of your concerns now after the week that you've had, but. Yeah. Um, all right. You take the next one. Uh, next one. Wisconsin. I think this is a game. Did we both get this right last yeah. week? Yeah, we did. Um, no, uh, no, I think we got this one wrong, actually. Never mind then. We're not going to talk about it. Nope. Uh, Wisconsin <laughs> Wisconsin uh, went and beat Maryland, number 19 Maryland. Uh, Wisconsin, number 42, according to Kim Palm, uh, ended up beating them by 5, 64-59. Just a classic Wisconsin low scoring uh Big Ten basketball game. Yeah. Gross. Not yeah, really. so number eighty one, Iona, went to St. Louis and beat St. Louis eighty um eighty four to sixty two. I think so this is even, the most shocking it game. is. And it kind of went under the radar too, as far as the grand scheme of college basketball. But man, yeah, this was this was huge. Huge win for Patino and company. So mm-hmm. Billikins, what happened? Actually, let me look at this. Um, four four assists and five turnovers for Yuri Collins. That is no bueno. Nope. Um, I mean, they just didn't make shots, it looks like. They yeah. turned the ball over 17 times. Iona has a really good defense, though. I'm not going to lie. We'll talk about them in a little bit. But sure. their defense is definitely the best part of their game, for sure. Yeah. Um. Next. We got Alabama taking down number one Houston, seventy-one sixty-five. In Houston too. Yeah, true. I almost said Houston Tigers, but that's not what they are. They're the Cougars. <laughs> Cougars. What happened? Cougars, what happened? Yep. Number forty seven, Penn State scored seventy four points. Where number twelve, Illinois, on the other side of the upset, scored fifty nine. <laughs> other side that sucks to take down number two Texas and then lose the forty seventh Penn State. But you know what? We've talked about Penn State a lot. They live and die by the three. And looking by the score and looking at the percentages, they were living by the three that night. And they did not yeah. falter in that in that regard. So, yeah, that sucks. Uh, Illini, what happened? Next one is a team that I just talked about. On my, I've got my eye on you. And it's the first of two uh, appearances they will make on this today. Uh, 
at number 98, BYU taking down number 22, Creighton, 83 to 80. Got beat by the Mormons, Creighton. What happened? It sucks to lose in a game where you, in regulation, where you scored 80 points. That yeah. is, that sucks. Because you're doing the right things offensively, it looks like. Just can't stop them on defense, I guess. Uh, yep. Number 63, Seton Hall takes over number 28, Rutgers. 45 to 43. So the opposite where you only score 43 points in 40 yeah. minutes. Uh, <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> so, yeah. Rutgers, Silver Knights, what happened? Scarlet Knights, what happened at Silver Knights? Scarlet Knights, what happened? Oh, man. That's also just I'm sorry to anyone that watched that game. No. Just I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, again, back-to-back. Got got another Creighton game here. They lost seventy three to seventy one against the number forty two team, uh, which is the Arizona State Sun Devils. Uh, another one of their close losses. Um, I was just looking over the last five games. They have lost by two points, three points, ten points, five points, and two points. So they have had five losses in a row, and all five of them have come from ten points or or fewer. Um, just a tough, tough way to to get rolling into into Big East play where you start the, the year off with Marquette. Um, yeah. But Creighton, we already have discussed you, but again, what happened? And I'm going to give an honorable mention to, even though they're not a top 50 team, they're still a top 100 team. Vanderbilt lost to Grambling State, number 236 Grambling State. So that, that, that sucks. That sucks. No. The only reason I look at that is because I, I went and looked up Arizona State while you were talking about that one. And looking at them, Arizona State's a sneaky good team. Number 38 in Kempom now. Uh, their only loss, which is not a good loss, to Texas Southern, 67 to 66 in overtime. First away game of the season. But since then, they've beaten Michigan, Colorado, Stanford, SMU, and Creighton. VCU as well. So they have some good wins too. And they have an opportunity to get a couple of good wins here in the Pac-12. So um, keep an eye out for the Sun Devils for sure. Yeah. All right, let's move on. All right. It's time for Shark Tank upsets. This is where each of us will pitch an upset and the other person will have to either buy a case or no, a pint, a case, a pony keg or a keg, or they can be totally out and not buy anything. So Dow, what are you pitching today? I, Sharks, welcome. Thank you for coming. Uh, I am going with a a trick out of my, my old bag, picking team that I was very high on uh, last year. I've become less high on them, mostly because I don't live in Charlotte still, uh, which means that I have a lot less exposure to my Richmond friends, but I am going the Spiders of Richmond to take over, to take on Clemson. This is in Greenville, South Carolina, so not technically a home game for Clemson, but, I mean, it would definitely lean that way uh, from, a, from a fan perspective. But Clemson was shooting the ball really hot. Uh, they absolutely took Wake to the woodshed in the second half against them. Um, was that last week? Uh, yeah, but Richmond does a great job of defending the three. They have size to match up with Clemson, especially in the front court, um, and a ton of experience. So I have got the Spiders taking down Clemson. So not only are you taking a bag out of your uh, ba- old bag of tricks there with Richmond, but you've also projected or pitched Clemson to lose last week as well in Shark Tank upset, Ooh. and that ended up hitting uh, with Loyola Chicago. So. Uh, just for that, buying a keg, just to keep the good vibes rolling. Uh, but yeah, that's that's exactly what you did. And I mean, there's nothing when I look at the the game the game prep here for uh, Ken Palm. Nothing on this makes me say, yeah, Richmond's going to beat Clemson, as far as uh, the stats says it. But it's one of those gut feelings. So yeah, I'll I'll take you on that. Whatever so, yeah, works. Keg on keg on me. You got it, buddy. All right, Sharks, welcome. Um, So Providence is going to be at home against the Seton Hall Pirates. It's a strength-on-strength matchup here. Providence offense versus Seton Hall's defense. Except 
Providence is fifth in the nation for offensive rebounding percentage. And Seton Hall is 223rd in the nation for allowing offensive rebounds. Providence doesn't shoot well from threes, but they don't rely on threes in their point distribution, which is only 22%. So they know they're not, they know they're not great at shooting threes, So they don't even try it as much. Uh, And Seton Hall's offense is super ineffective. If you look at the game prep, a lot of red on the Seton Hall offensive side, which doesn't help you on the road and a rowdy Rhode Island Providence uh, gym. I don't even know the name of their gym, but uh, yeah. So I think you should buy Providence over Seton Hall. What do you think? Providence over Seton Hall. You know what? This, this efficiency for Seton Hall's offense is horrendous. It's really bad. Like, if they don't get to the basket, or if they don't get to the free throw line, they do nothing. And it looks like Providence does a really good job of limiting that. So I'm going to go mm-hmm. keg, too. I got to reciprocate the keg buy. And yes, I'll, I'll go I'll go keg here. Plus, Bryce Hopkins, clearly the best player in this game. So. <laughs> yes. I mean, he's, he's amazing. Really yeah. He's been really good. I mean, Providence overall has had a decent season. And uh, they've been playing pretty well. Look, I know that the loss of Miami and St. Louis and TCU, those are three tournament teams. Like, they're really good. This is a good Providence team that we didn't really think was going to be that good this year. So, um, all around, good vibes from Providence. But, yeah, appreciate the keg buy. Let's move on. NBA fans, the NBA action is just getting started, and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA pregame money line bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, total points scored, and more. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, it's time for the beer review. Dow, what are you drinking today? Um, I have a 394 Pale Ale. It is done by the L. Smith Brewing Company in San Diego, California. It is literally called a San Diego-style pale ale. I don't know exactly what that entails, but um, got some citrus in here. It's uh, 6% alcohol, and I think uh, I have it written down. Um, 26 IBUs. That's my gut. That's what I had. Uh, 3.82 on untapped, which is pretty good. Um, it's a collaboration with Hall of Famer Tony Gwynn. Do you know why it is 390, 394 uh, Pale L? Why it's called that? assuming it's his batting average for his career. Uh, not career. That would be a crazy career batting average. I know. Uh, that's a... <laughs> it was the highest he ever got, though. He hit 390. Uh, okay. um, yeah, here. Let me... It's definitely like, it's not quite IPA, but you can definitely taste the hops in there. Um, it's pretty good, though. Yeah, just like a little bit more kick than like a normal beer. It almost like gets its second wave a little bit, you know? Yeah. It's pretty good, though. Um so oh. what type of uh what type of citrus is in it or is it just like a bunch of different uh, it just says golden pale ale with bright citrus and tropical fruit notes gotcha yeah pretty good i'll think of a i'll think of a comparison while you go sounds good uh christmas time so i went with a red and like a christmas looking bottle even though it's not a christmas ale or anything like that <laughs> but Lexington Brewing and Distilling Company, Kentucky Bourbon Barrel Strawberry Ale, 
<clears throat> it's straw it's Kentucky ale brewed with strawberries and aged in first used bourbon barrels for at least six weeks. So it's eight percent ABV, zero IBUs, and untapped has it as a three point five five, which is kind of middle of the pack untapped. So you never know what you're gonna get with that type of kind of rating. So let me give it a try. Okay, this is better than the I I've had the Kentucky Bourbon Barrel Air before. Better on tap than it is in the bottle, obviously. Um, but out of the bottle, this is pretty good. So I think it'd even be better on tap, obviously. But it's a little easier to drink than the regular Kentucky Bourbon Barrel Ale. Like the... Just a little sweeter? Yeah, the, the sweetness from the strawberry definitely makes it a little bit smoother all around. Because it's not as dark, obviously. And so, like, the the flavors, they, they mix well together. The oak and the and the strawberry mix well, very well, very well together. Um, keep on with the Kentucky theme. Let's go Western Kentucky. You know, gonna mix as well together. It's gonna beat up on some. Uh, it's the it's the Bourbon County. Uh, what's it called? Bourbon County beer. Bourbon County is what it says. Bourbon country. So, just like uh, Louisville is not the team of Bourbon Country anymore. <laughs> Uh, we'll go Western Kentucky Hilltoppers also because of the red. You gotta, I mean, they just gotta get with the red. Yeah, I I considered doing Louisville over Western as my Shark Tank upset because I was like, they just have to win a game at some point. Like, it's gonna be Florida A and M that they'll win. They probably. would have to. Yeah, it's sad. It is really sad. It's not good. Like, I, at first, I was like, oh, yes, this is great. And now I'm just like, dude, you got to get a win sometime. Come on, y'all. I feel for Kenny Payne, too. But, yeah. Oh, man. What what team are you comparing yours to? Um, I am going to compare mine to Virginia Tech. Two reasons. One, uh, the brown... Orange, same, same Thanksgiving same. colors. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's, that was number one. And two, I think the hops kind of add a little bit of flair that you wouldn't expect in a pale ale. And that's kind of how I feel about transfer from Wright State, Grant Brazil, who has become maybe the Hokies' best player. And, yeah. Uh, so I think those two things together make it very clearly a Virginia Tech-esque beer. Yeah, no doubt there. All right, man, let's move on then. All right, it's time for Throwdown Games, games that we think are going to be good, things that Kim Pom thinks are going to be good, so we're going to talk about it. Uh, last week's results, Revenge of the Dow came back with a whopping 10. I had eight picks. There was a couple of them. I was like, you know what, I'm going to pick this team just to pick this team, but uh, – Man, missed a couple on them, but overall, you're up two to one on the season that we have been keeping the results. So it's, we'll see. I might tie it up this week. We never know. What do you think? So, uh, I we talked about this off air, but I uh, made a spreadsheet because I felt like it was kind of dumb, especially in fantasy football and fantasy football playoffs coming up. And it's like they're the top scorer in our in like one of my like leagues with my friends is not even gonna make the playoffs because he just like got screwed by matchups and stuff. So I felt like I have won both weeks now that I've won. I've won ten to eight. You won the week before thirteen to nine. So yeah, I have won two of the three weeks that we have done. But if you look at just our ability to pick games and that only, we are tied. Yeah. So this is a big this is a big week. Big week, huge week. So let's not waste any more time to talk about it. Uh it's Tuesday that we're recording. So tonight, number twenty six Memphis takes on number ten Alabama at nine PM in Tuscaloosa. What do you think, Dow? So I hate that you're good at doing stuff because I went to try and like pick a different in this game and I was looking at the Ken Pond stuff and every single thing I noticed were things that you had already had in the notes. And I was like, <laughs> so I'm going Bama here. Uh, they do a really, really good job at offensive rebounding and Memphis doesn't. I'll let you share your other points so that I don't. Steal yeah. Your- yeah. Memphis. I'm going Bama as well. Memphis doesn't shoot well from deep and you need that on the road in an upset game. So, 
And also, like, I just, the depth for Memphis is not great at all. Uh, so that doesn't help either, especially on the road. You're going to get some tic-tac-y fouls. So what do you and think? And they have Brandon Miller, who is – I love Henry Davis, but Brandon Miller is the best player in this game. So Yeah, yeah, very true. So that's really the only good game on tonight. So tomorrow, Wednesday night, 12-14, UC, number eight UCLA takes on number 17 Maryland in College Park uh, at 9 p.m. So Maryland, I have Maryland winning. It's a home game for them. They take care of the ball. They make opposing offenses take really tough shots. So I'd like that for them at home. Yeah, I can see that. I think UCLA is good at making tough shots is one thing. And um, I think Amy Hawkes and the UCLA Bruins just have, they have a better offense like by ratings wise than Maryland does. So they have yeah. the best unit in this game. So I'm going to go UCLA. Especially I, I, it makes me kind of worried to pick a true road game against a top team like this, but the I like that if this were like a neutral site game, I think UCLA would be favored. So yeah, um, I'm gonna go UCLA there. Yep. Um, another game tomorrow night, number sixty-five UCF is traveling to Oxford, Mississippi, take on Ole Miss uh, at seven thirty p.m. What do you think? Let me go Ole Miss here. They have. The depth advantage is, I think, that something that is super, super notable for this. There's, I mean, almost goes like nine, ten, eleven deep, uh, which I think helps in a, in a game like this. They're the home team, and they do a really, really good job of getting offensive rebounds, and getting second chance points. So I'm gonna go almost here. Yeah, I'm gonna go UCF here. The Knights shoot really well from deep, and they get a lot of offensive rebounds, second chance points there. Um, defense is 32nd in the nation. So defense travels, like we talk about, I think they have an opportunity to pull off a, a little upset here, not too big of an upset, but just enough to kind of get things right. They played Miami really tough too. So Miami's True. a good team. I think they could, they have what it takes. Um, so that's it for Wednesday. There's no Thursday games that we're worth Thursday putting on week. here. Very weak schedule. So spend time with your family or something. Go go see a movie. Go see Avatar. There you go. There's an no. Do not do not go see Avatar. <laughs> go see literally any movie but Avatar. <laughs> Let me know how you really feel about Avatar. Uh, the only reason that you should go see Avatar is because they're doing an Oppenheimer like special look in IMAX. True. You watch Avatar for the effects. That's what you watch yeah. it for. You don't watch no, it for the story. Don't, don't watch cinematic. it. You watch it for the effects. But I'm with you. I, I, hate, I think Avatar is overrated. But I hate that movie so much. Worth worth going to see in theaters. Not worth watching any other time, in my opinion. But anyways, Friday, 12-16. Number 28, Creighton, traveling to Milwaukee, Wisconsin at Fiserv Arena or Forum to take on number 31, Marquette, uh, 8.30 p.m. So I'm going Marquette. Creighton seems to be reeling. This is a home game for Marquette. And they have a very effective offense in which Creighton, their struggle is their defense, hands down. So sure. um, if they can stop Marquette, then obviously I like their chances. But at the same time, like this is a good opportunity, get a good, get a stop, get a win here for Creighton. So I could see either way. What do you think? <laughs> this is my, I almost picked Louisville for my Shark Tank upset. I, I can't, Creighton cannot lose six games in a row. They can't go from six in a row. <laughs> To six and six. Yeah. So, like, I don't know how they're going to do it, but they need to do it something. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you, but this seems like one of the, I don't know, the market has, has had some good wins this season. They just seem like I'm, a good team. I'm not confident in this pick at all. This is <laughs> a, they literally can't lose this. Yeah. So. It's just like, it's got to happen. Got so it, yeah. it, got, it has to end somewhere. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I don't care how it happens. All right, that's the only good game for Friday night. So Saturday, 12-17, there's like 50 good games. We could have put a bunch more on here for Saturday, but we stuck with the ones that we have because we're going to spend a lot of time here on Saturday. So number three, Tennessee, travels to Tucson, Arizona, to take on number 12, Arizona, at 10.30 p.m. Eastern time. What do you think? This is matchup one of three that we're going to talk about that are the SEC takes on the West Coast. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to lean Arizona here. It's a home game. They're really good. Um, I like the size that they have to match up against Tennessee. And 
Yeah, I mean, I think that home game, like, there's going to be at 10.30 Eastern, which could throw Tennessee off. Um, so I'm going to go Arizona, a close one here. Yeah, I'm going Tennessee. I think Utah played Arizona very physical, very tough, made them, made them really uncomfortable shooting. I think Tennessee has a better defense than Utah, and we saw what Utah did to Arizona. Um, you, Tennessee's offense needs work, but so does Arizona's defense. So it's not like it's like a strength on weakness there or a weakness on strength. It's kind of like strength on strength here. Um, and then like we always say, defense travels. So I think even if Tennessee comes out cold offensively, their defense is that good that they can limit what Arizona does on the offensive end. So yeah, uh, I'm going to go Tennessee here. Um, at 5.30 p.m. in Madison Square Garden, number eight UCLA takes on number six Kentucky. And call me a hater, call me whatever, but I don't like this matchup for Kentucky, and I'm actually going UCLA. This is the first time I think I've ever picked Kentucky to lose a game, but I'm going to ever spin cycle. Um, I mean, since we've done this podcast and previewed <laughs> Kentucky games, yeah. Um, but spin cycle here, if – if Kentucky wins is because I picked UCLA to win. So like, it's a can't lose situation here for me, I'm, except for obviously when Kentucky loses, if Kentucky loses, but anyways, uh, Kentucky's offensive identity is still struggling to play to their full potential. It feels like despite what the stats say, the eye test, they don't pass the eye test there. And Hami Hawkes is going to be a defensive nightmare for Jacob Toppin. Um, so I just, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough game. Uh, like I said, I'll happily eat crow. Uh, Kentucky needs this to be a repeat of last year's CBS Sports Classic matchup against UNC. Um, so if we come out, Kentucky comes out and just puts up 30 on them or 20 on them, you know, by all means, like would love for that to happen. I just don't see Kentucky's offense doing that at this moment because they couldn't do that against like a Yale team last week. So, yeah, I'm going to go Kentucky mostly just to be contrarian. Uh, <laughs> I also think this is a game where Oscar Sheway is going to eat and he will win us. This game, I think, I mean, Adempona has been fine, but it's not a, like, overly great no. big man. And the rest of their front court is very small. I mean, like, Hawking Hawkins plays the four pretty much for them. Yeah. So, I think this is a huge game for Oscar. I think he's the, what really, like, kind of races the tide on this Kentucky team and lets yeah. Casey Wallace – Whoever wants to hit threes in yeah. this game, hit some threes. I have no problem with that. I just don't want them to, like, force feed Oscar when he clearly doesn't have it going. I hate when that happens. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, if it's not working, move on to your next option. Like, don't yes. try and keep forcing that issue because it's not building confidence for him. But, yeah. Um, all right. So, 1 o'clock, number 11, Gonzaga takes on number 10, Alabama in Birmingham. Uh, so, a legacy arena. So, it's not really – it's not there in uh, Tuscaloosa. But it's basically a home game for Alabama, obviously. Uh, um, no, you count. Though, when you have when you have games that aren't at the arena, it's obviously an away game for the okay. home team. Yeah. Okay. Gonzaga <laughs> fans are dumb. I know. <laughs> it's a semi away game, technically, according to Ken Palm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, what, do you, what do you think? Okay, so I wrote Gonzaga down, but now that it, not to play spoiler, but you have Gonzaga too. I kind of want to like flip it just because, but I do think Gonzaga is going to win. So I guess I'll stick with them. Go with what you think is going to happen. Don't do stuff just to like we should be doing. Like if we tie on the week, we tie on the week. Who cares? That's you know fair. what I mean? Like we, I'd rather be right than just to be different. You know. Um, for yeah. with that said, I'm going with Gonzaga. They have the better offense. I don't think anybody on Alabama can stop Drew Timmy here and Alabama doesn't force a lot of turnovers and that's something that you know like Kentucky was able to do against Gonzaga and they still wipe the floor with Kentucky you know so like imagine if they take care of the ball you know so um that's where I that's where I stand with Gonzaga here I think they win this one I think it'll be a closer game but uh overall I still think Gonzaga pulls out the win and the semi away game for them so um, I will say I'm going through their thing again. The one thing I will say is I really like Alabama's ability to use their bench. In this yeah, game. the deep. Um, they're they're 56th in bench minutes uh, compared to Gonzaga, who is 310th. So if you can get one of their guys in foul trouble or get them kind of thrown off, they have not really 
shown the ability to thrive there. So yeah, that is if if Alabama does win this game, that might be the benchman. This might be a huge factor. Very true. Yeah. So 2 p.m. in Charlottesville, Virginia. Number two, Houston takes on number nine, Virginia. I got Houston in this one. Houston has the best defense in this matchup. They take care of the ball. They get a lot of offensive rebounds. And Virginia's offense is balancing out to the meat like we were talking about earlier. So I think Houston will take advantage of Virginia's offense not having the strongest identity right now. Yeah, and, I mean, we like to talk about Virginia's defense, but Virginia's defense is 16th in the country right now. Like, Mm -hmm. so it's really good, but it isn't one of those – it isn't the, like – kind of quintessential Virginia defenses that you think of that yeah. is just lights out and no one can score on them. Um, yeah. Granted, it obviously is very difficult to score on them, but the like Houston's defense is what we kind of usually think of in terms of the dominance that Virginia's yeah. defense had a couple of years ago. So I like Houston as well. Yeah. Um, number 19, Ohio State is taking on number 25, North Carolina at 3 p.m. in Madison Square Garden. What do you think, Dell? Um, Ohio State has better offense. Virginia or North Carolina is bad. Not really, but we're going to exaggerate a little bit and say they're bad. Uh, I don't know how you can't pick Ohio State in this. Yeah, neither team forces a lot of turnovers, and Ohio State's offense is better. And Ohio State's deeper. We talked about the depth being an issue for North Carolina. It's going to come into factor here. So give me Ohio State as well. Um, Number 16, Indiana. It's going to Lawrence, Kansas. Take on number seven, Kansas. The Jayhawks at noon. Uh, I'm going Kansas. They have more talent. This is a home game for them. And like last last week, I had them losing to Missouri. It wasn't even close. Um, Kansas is just getting better and better. They, they yeah. saw your fraud alert, and they're just getting better. They're more effective offensive defense, too. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is another one that I tried to, like, finagle my way into picking different from you. Same here. And <laughs> I was like, yeah. They had Trace Jackson Davis was kind of <laughs> all I could come up with for Indiana, and I was like, this means I need to pick Kansas. Yeah. No, at home, too. Like, Yeah. That's no, I tried, the, to, I tried to swing it. Yeah, I tried to swing it and find something to pick in, in Indiana because I thought you would pick Kansas, and I was like, yeah, there's no way. There's no <laughs> way. I could, there's no way. Like, it can it can happen. I just don't yes. know how they do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's so, no clear, like, formula for how it happens. Yeah. All right, Sunday the 18th, number 18, Auburn, taking on number 70, USC, at in Los Angeles at Galen Center. So not Palm Pavilion or whatever it's called. I'm going USC here. This is a battle of the defenses. USC has the length advantage here, so I like that for them. Neither team shoots well from deep. USC has the better two-foul participation percentage, which you need that for a defensive battle game like this is going to be. And it's basic. It's a semi-home game for USC here. So, Or no, it is a home, it's a home game. I was thinking Palm Pavilion. That's a, a Palm that's Pavilion. That's UCLA. So, yeah, this is a home game for USC. So, um Auburn, and we know they're frauds. They've only shown it in one game. So, yeah. I love your hate for Auburn. It never, like, ceases to make me laugh. Um, I'm going to go Auburn here. I think they have the depth and the experience to to really dominate is a strong word, but to win this matchup. Uh, Plus, I think their front court is definitely better than USC's. And even though USC has the length advantage, I think a lot of that comes from the guards being – taller than Auburn's guards, uh, the front courts actually match up pretty well in terms of um, in terms of length. And Johnny Broom uh, and co. have been just incredible this year. Uh, so I'm going to go Auburn. Hopefully the, the Penguin doesn't, like, shoot them out of the game completely. <laughs> that would be good content. Or, or Wendell Green. One yeah. of those, Wendell Green will pull up from the logo and be nowhere close, and he'll still just keep firing from the logo. It's insane to me. Um I mean, I get heat checks, but like you got to be hitting them consistently to do yeah, that. Man, heat checks before he is on. The <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. All right, number fifty-eight, Iona is taking on number eighty-one, New Mexico in Albuquerque in the pit at six thirty p.m. 
so this is if you've ever seen New Girl, an early New Girl when Rob Riggle's on, and you know it's his like cousin, uh, Schmidt's cousin. They have they fight for the Schmidt name. This is the battle of the Patinos. They're fighting to be the one true Patino. The other one will have to either go as Rick or Richard. And uh, also New Mexico, one of the last unbeaten teams remaining. So um, here we go. What do you think, Dal? Yeah, I got to own it. They're coming off a big win um, against Creighton, like I mentioned earlier. And as much as I'd love to pick New Mexico here, I don't know. I just don't. I trust the 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 tutelage of the uh, old of the older Patino to to come out over the sun. Yeah, I was gonna say I put it in my thing. Pops has a few tricks up his sleeve. Like he didn't yeah. show he didn't show Richard the full bag. He just kind of gave him some samples there. You know, he's gonna pull something out. Uh, but yeah. Iron has the better defense, like I said. They're like a top twenty defense in the nation right now. Um, New Mexico struggles to defend the three. And three of Iona's starters are shooting 41% or better from three-point, which is insane. So, good. Good for Iona. Uh, he's going to be known as Patino, and little Patino is going to be known as Richard from now on uh, if Iona wins. So, Also, yeah. I said I said win over Creighton. I meant win over St. Louis um, for Iona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I actually like kind of like that Iona has uh, – they played Princeton on Tuesday – which is another game that I almost picked for my upset loss, but I like that they will have a game that is like relatively serious before this New Mexico game. There's yeah. a, it's a Tuesday to Sunday uh, like gap, so nice to have that that midweek game to kind of focus you in a little bit. New Mexico played on played yesterday on Monday and doesn't play again until Sunday, so they have a little bit of time off too, which can kind of throw off your yeah. That rhythm there, yeah. Yeah, all right. Well, that wraps things up for Throwdown Games. All right, it's time for last call. As we wrap things up, what do you think, Dal? So, listeners, you all know how much we love Kimpom, and we talk about Kimpom all the time. One thing that I think is just something to be, I don't know, transparent about with Kimpom, that... It's both good and bad. There are merits to both, so it just depends on what you're looking for. Um, but keep in mind that Ken Palm, for the majority of the year, has baked in at least some of the preseason expectations that it that it came in with. It has historical data that it works into that. I don't know everything that goes into their preseason rankings, but it is still kind of to avoid making a data set based on an incredibly small sample size as the season starts it does bake in some historical numbers. There's a, another website called uh, Bart Torvik that is a similar website to Ken Palm. It has a ranking system. It has an offensive and defensive efficiency. Um, but if you hear me talk about that, if you hear us talk about it, if you hear someone else talk about it, um, that is, and they're quoting the Torvik rankings, that is from this website, and it is only looking at this year. So if you are wanting to get kind of a truer sense of, oh, where does my team stand? Uh, the Torg rankings is something that you can you can definitely use. Uh, for an example, just to show on the Kentucky side, Kentucky on Ken Palm has the 16th best offense right now and the 8th best defense. But on the Torvik rankings, they're 35th in offense and 21st on defense. A lot of the difference there is probably going to be your preseason expectations and preseason yep. rankings. So just another, like, I I really dislike, especially with analytics, this happens where it's like, oh, this certain thing didn't fit my narrative or didn't make any sense. So I'm going to write off analytics or the data as a whole. And this is a case, well, that shouldn't be the case really ever because you can take stuff with grain, like a grain of salt. But the kind of melding these two, to look at the teams that we're looking at is something that is is definitely worth doing. Um, so yeah, that was a little bit long, but no, it's perfect. Uh, I kind of have a similar thought. Don't twist stats to prove narratives or agendas. <laughs> Just like take stats for what they are. As like they're very they're not variables. They're just straight up points, and you can't twist them to prove anything one way or like Dal and I, Dal, you and I always try and. When we're picking throwdown game matchups, we try and find a stat to push a narrative. 
just yeah. because it's kind of more fun to do that way. But ultimately, like, there's no way, like we said earlier, there's no way that we can say that right now Creighton is going to beat Marquette other than they can't lose, you know, six in a row. Like, that's the only thing. Like, statistically, there's no point that we can say, oh, well, they have the better, they have more length here or whatever. Like, it doesn't matter. So um, just, like, in general, though, like, especially when it comes to, like, football and ranking quarterbacks and stuff, because, like, I know that's, with transfers and it's a hot topic right now, like it doesn't matter. Like you, you need a little bit of both statistics and eye tests. And also just like, it doesn't matter what you want because whatever the coach of the school is that you want, you have, like you're a fan for is going to pick who they want anyways. So it really like, it doesn't matter. Like at the end of the day, all these arguments that we end up getting online and hot takes and stuff like that, like it's all stupid and dumb anyways, it's just for entertainment. So if you're going to do it, don't burn bridges and just have fun with it. Like, uh, and, if and be, and be, if you are going to push agendas and use stats, pull the most ridiculous stuff. Like, that's what yes. I want to see. I don't want to see like the close stuff. I want to see the most ridiculous stuff ever. Make it incredibly evident that you are strictly pulling like cherry picking. Stats yeah, to absolutely. That would be the funniest players. thing ever. I will be an instant fan, you know, hundred percent. So definitely, yes. definitely make it like cherry pick stats to, be like, oh yeah, well, uh, Ed Cooley is, you know, fifty-five and three in games where he's had a lead by two points in the beginning of the game or something like yeah. that. Like, so pull something ridiculous. So like, like the uh, Providence is a you know is a hundred out of a uh, hundred out of a hundred in games where, uh, you know, they play on fourth on um, was it St. Patrick's Day or something like that? Because that that's got to be accurate with how lucky Ed Cooley is at Providence. But yeah. Um, Anyways, just, yeah, do that. So it's, this has been a fun episode. We're going to move on here and uh, end the episode. So if you have, if you are on TikTok or Instagram, go ahead and follow us at Beers and Buckets Pod. We are part of the Basketball Podcast Network. Like I said, you can follow them at TBPM or Hoops Pod Net. Um, so check them out on Twitter for other shows like this one. Uh, and you can follow other NBA and NCAA teams. And then uh, download DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code TBPN. Make sure you do that to get... Uh, you only have to bet $5 and you could get $200 in free bets if you win, if your team wins. It doesn't even have to be like, it could be a total wash and it could be like a total game that you would be Gonzaga versus, uh, you know, middle, middle Iowa state or something like that. I don't know. But, um, anyways, yeah, go ahead and do that. So that way you can win free money. And yeah, this has been a fun episode. Dell, appreciate you coming on, man. This has been fantastic. Yes, sir. Yep. And uh, we'll be back next week. We'll take a week off for Christmas, then we we'll come back the following week. So we'll talk a little bit more loaded episode next week so we can preview a couple other games for the following week. But, yeah, it's been fantastic. This has been the bottom line. As Connor said so, you guys have a fantastic week. Boom. Oh.